Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, guys. So a lot of people ask us, how do they make a podcast? So I'm going to let you know on a secret. On the easiest, most productive way to start a podcast and get it up and running, and that is the app called Anchor. It's free. They have all kind of cool creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. They will distribute your podcast for you to all of the major outlets, including Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one simple, easy place. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's do it. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop. You talked about 
FICO score, right? Sure. Can you just explain the FICO? So FICO is Fair Isaac Credit Company. They're the one that creates the whole score from all three viewers for you. They use the latest Vantage, whether it be Vantage 10, Vantage 8 that we're using. We're in Vantage 10. They use the latest Vantage. So what is it? What is that? Because people might not know what so Vantage is. So it's the way the score is created, the data that's put into the score. So they don't pick every single, um, like let's say <clears throat> your American Express card. Certain cards they pick out and they create the score. So department, that's why I speak about department store cards. They don't help your credit that much. So stay away from them. Stay into the Visa, the MasterCards, and so forth. Those are the ones that create the scores for you. And then your payment history, how much new credit you have, um, utilization, that's all that's calculated into it. Okay, okay. So, all right. So as far as, like, there's different factors that determine your credit score, right? Right, correct. What are some of the, the key factors that people should be aware of? Uh, one of the major factors, and I see this on everyone's credit report, is utilization. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you were talking about, um, yep. you know, you, you need to keep your utilization under thirty percent. Once you start hitting thirty-one, thirty-two percent of that utilization, your score drops significantly, and it takes two months, two billion cycles for it to go up, unless you call the bank, like you didn't ask yeah. them just to do a courtesy for you. Right. A lot of people don't know how to do that, right? Or they don't, they don't know they could do that. So one of them is uh, keep the utilization very low, thirty percent or below. Um, let's say you have five cards. And <clears throat> excuse me. And you instead of you putting all the charges on one card, split it across three cards to keep it under thirty percent. Your score will stay high. Second thing is increase six increase a year. If you do more than that, your score drops. Each increase two point five points. Hmm. Right. Um, and banks only give you what they see other banks give you. So if you apply for in your scenario, if you do that now, it would have been hard for you to get all those uh, cards, right? Because banks are tight on giving out credit. Um, so banks only give you what they see other banks are giving you. So let's say you apply for Citibank or Chase today. You got denied. There's an increase there. If right. another bank don't see a card open up, they're not going to extend the credit to you. Mm. Right? So new credit. All right. So 30%. So, 30%, so if you have $10,000 in credit available, only use $3,000. Correct. Correct. That's Correct. pretty much in a nutshell. Yeah. All right. Now, wait, one last thing also. Like if you're trying to build your score and you're in the 650, you're lingering around the 650 range, you shouldn't pay off your card in full every month. Because the bank needs to make the bank needs to make a little bit of in, interest off of you to report okay on your credit report. You see a history. It's, correct. Yeah. It's only until you're like a seven fifty or higher score you can pay your card off in full because your score is already built. Right. But if you're in a six fifty and you're trying to raise it, don't pay the card off in can full. Can you just explain that? Because that's actually the first time I'm hearing that in detail. Like, so you don't pay off the credit don't card pay in, it full? in full every month. Like every other month, you could pay it off in full. Why? Why not because, every month? Because the bank wouldn't report. Uh, okay on the credit report on the slot that says okay it'll say no data okay no data is like no credit okay mm. so you gotta like trick the system let them make a little bit of interest off of you because remember the bank's in the business of making money right right um and that's why they charge you interest rates so they want to see that you're a valued customer over a period of time exactly right so if i have a thousand dollars and i max out a thousand and i pay a thousand that's not really showing anything. Exactly. And that's not helping them because they're not making money. Right. So there's no incentive for them to report okay on the credit report. Yeah, they report you have a zero balance, but you don't have that, that okay, that green mark on your credit report. It's, it says no data. Okay. And the only way you see that is actually from the credit report from the bureaus. Mm. You wouldn't see it on like a mortgage report or in your online report. It's when you pull the actual report from the bureaus is when you see that. All right. All right. So now, all right. So you got some framework and then you got some interesting stories for me and Troy, but now we're going, we're going to dive deep into the... To the, to the world of credit, and um, yeah, we're going to hopefully drop some gems that can uh, save you guys a lot of time and money. Yeah. Pens and pads, get ready. All right, so now we're going to get into the part that most people aren't aware of on their credit part that are actually right. happening, um, mm-hmm. but you know, when you make a late payment or you miss a payment or you miss a few, 
Um, there's something that's called a derogatory. That's correct. Um, so, that's a, go ahead. Go ahead. You, can, you want to explain the impact that that has and some examples of it? Well, the derogatory section, everyone has that on a credit report, right? So when you make a late payment, and by the way, the, the way they report late payments these days have changed. Mm-hmm. Because back then, right after 30 days, the next day you were late. Now they give you a 30-day grace period. Oh. But if the payment is not made before 5 p.m., the 29th of the next month, then you get reported the first 30 days. That's a derogatory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, collections, charge-off. Let's say you had a credit card for five, six years. You know, you were paying it for three, four years. You ran into a hardship. You missed. You couldn't keep up with the payments anymore. You miss six months of payments. It gets charged off. That's a derogatory. Uh, t- public records, mm-hmm. um, lawsuits, judgments. Do, uh, do student loans fall on there as well? Yes, absolutely. Because yeah. keep... One, here's the thing about student loans. <clears throat> Everyone keeps deferring the student loans. Yeah, but right? are, yeah, it's, it's and kind of that's actually, you shouldn't be doing that. You should at least try to make some sort of payment plan with them because now, one, it affects your credit, your DTI, because let's say you took out 6000 mm-hmm. you deferred it for five years, now your loan is 10000 Right. Now you're upside down with the loan. One, two, your late payments also, they're reported on the, the, uh, the credit report is derogatory if you, make, if you miss a late payment. So I don't suggest anyone try to put the payment in deferment for too long, but if you have to, Make sure you don't have a gap where it comes out of deferment and you're supposed to make a payment and go back into deferment. Mm. You need to avoid that. Right? Yeah, it's tough because, I mean, we covered it pretty extensively. Like, we have millions of yeah. Americans that are in student It's a trillion debt, dollar deal. trillion dollar de- industry. Debt. And it's like, you know, the first thing is like deferment, but it only lasts six to 12 months, man. Correct. Correct. Right? And that, that can affect you long term, right? When it's Correct. time for you to now get the home, like student loan payment has affected you. Try to get the car, right? They're going right. to see that on that derogatory. Because they calculate the monthly payment into your income, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say, you know, you only make, I don't know, $2,000 a month or bi-weekly, whatever. Yeah. And um, your monthly payments, all your expenses, including rent, food, whatever. Not not food, sorry. Rent, bills, credit cards mm-hmm. is 1500 Now you add your student loans in there. And now you only have $200 left. Right. How are you going to get get a mortgage with extra money going to come in? You know, right. So it's a debt that... You really don't want to carry with you, but we have to. Right. But you want to try to at least make some kind of payment towards it. So with the derogatories, um, <coughs> okay. So some of the common derogatory items are late payments. Late payments, credit cards. Even I did a video about when you move out of your apartment, mm. how to exit your apartment. Your Verizon bill, your Con Edison bill, all that goes on your credit report. There's a way to shut everything off before you walk out of that apartment so it doesn't travel. How do you, so what's the way that you so do So basically, that? make a checklist of everything that you had when you were living in that apartment. Cable, phone, water, whatever. Mm-hmm. A week before you move out, you're supposed to call this company and let them know you're leaving to disconnect the service on this date mm-hmm. and send you the bill. Right? A lot of people just walk out and leave everything. Right. The Verizon bill, cable bill, you're supposed to return those boxes. If you don't, you get charged. You're renting those boxes. You don't own them. That's right. a stupid way of having a debt on your credit report domestic credit up. Right? Yeah. You Points. can just return the boxes, <laughs> pay the final bill. Right. Yeah. Right. Not for sure. So, all right. So, what about... Child support. Sorry. Yeah. We're going to get there. <laughs> what about tax liens? So, tax liens shows up on your credit, but it was up to two years ago, they stopped reporting it, but it stays in the public record. So, let's say you're applying for a mortgage. When they pull for your mortgage report, they pull LexisNexis, your tax liens show up there. So, it can affect you from getting the um the mortgage, but it's not on your credit report anymore, but it stays in public record. What's LexisNexis? LexisNexis is a company out in Atlanta that carries all public record data for everyone. Okay. 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 For all the court system, bankruptcies, everything. So what about credit card judgments? A lot of people have credit card judgments. Oh, man, listen, that's a good topic. And how that happens, um, you know, let's say you have a credit card. I go back to Chase because I deal with them every day, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you had a Chase credit card for five years. 
three years you paid it. After that, you went into harsh, we couldn't pay it no more. And it went to collections. And um, you didn't even pay it then. Right before the statute of limitation comes to an end. Every debt has a statute of limitation. Mm-hmm. Every state has a statute of limitation. Right before the statute of limitation ends, it goes to an attorney. They pick it up and obtain a default judgment against you renewable for 10 years. So, 10 years? 10 years. But it can be, it can be wiped off. All right, even if you, so if you have the 10-year judgment, it can still be like wiped off before that 10 years. Absolutely, correct? if it's resolved. Correct. If you, don't, if you don't resolve it, then it can renew again. How do you resolve it? So Just, you got to make an agreement with the judge, but not, not with the judge, with the attorney that's suing you. They can either go back into court and resolve it or resolve it over the phone. Make an agreement, say, listen, the debt's 5000 You know, I can give you 2000 call it a day. All right, so the debt has to be resolved. Resolved. That, that made me think about something because we, let, we keep it real on the show, right? So usually in our community, what happens is that you fall on the hard times, you don't pay your bills, they call you, and you don't answer the phone call. Yeah. You try to just and ignore that's it. That's the bad thing. You that's the problem. Block the number. But that's what, that's what that's happens. That's what we're going to do. That's, what that's, what that's how it turns into a judgment. Right. So, right. That's the so, start of it. All right. What's your advice for people that are doing that? Like, I always tell people, you can't avoid problems. You have Correct. to face it, right? So, and then especially credit card companies, they'll work with you if you... If Correct. You know, Absolutely. But yeah. people still mentally, I guess it's just... Nobody really wants to be embarrassed or they don't want to even kind of go through that if they know that they don't have the money to pay it. So you have, all right, you, you got yourself in, in a bad situation. You can't pay your bill. You're late on your bills. What, what do you do? Like, what's the best So here's the thing. It? Um, it's funny we, we're talking about this. A lot of people don't want to resolve the debt because they've been told that you don't have to pay your debt back. It's going to disappear. <laughs> a lot of people, that's what a lot of people say. You know, oh, my friends, I don't got to pay it back. Is it true? Do I have to? Yes, you have to. Yeah. Right? Um, but... You have to answer the phone, man. Like you can. They'll work with you. They're willing to work with you. This is no. That's I'm just the the willing to work with you part is 100 percent valid. I have friends, and and I mean personally, I've done it myself. Like I've had, I've seen my interest rate go up when I was in college Mm -hmm. to a point I was like, wait, I owe thirty thousand dollars. I'm 21, right? Right, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I'm like, I I literally was listening to Hot 97. I promise you, and I heard. Um, Angie was talking about debt consolidation yeah. and I called this company uh-huh. and I was like, all right, well, we'll do it. And I did it. And like, rather than paying it 30, right. They, they the bank is looking like, Hey, can we get some money? Right. right? So I'm like, yeah. all right, we agreed to an amount and I'm like, all right, I'll pay that off. There's a difference between debt consolidation and debt settlement. Yeah. Uh, I am not a debt into debt consolidation. I don't think anyone should do it. And I'll tell you why. Yeah, Cause once the debt's charged off, you have to pay something, but not the full thing. But consumers don't know that. Right. So they go to debt consolidating where they make you pay the whole debt over three years. You kind of just paid the debt twice. Yeah. Well, because it went insurance paid it or however the bank resolved mm-hmm. it, and now you pay the whole thing back again to the to the banks. It's once the debt's charged off, it's better to settle the debt and move on. You owe five grand, we get that down to eighteen hundred. Right. I would rather pay that and move on because your credit is still shot. Yeah. And you're not gonna get the card back. Right? So yeah. why even pay it twice? Right. Yeah, I've, I've seen people do it. Like, I've seen, like, like you just said, like, hey, I owe 20. Listen, I have 10. Right. And the, and the bank is like, you know what? I'll take that 10 rather than have nothing from you for the next five years. So here's a trick behind what Rashad was talking about. Um, collection agencies and attorneys do skip trace. What well, a skip trace is where they pull your credit and they see that if you're paying, like... What's it called? Skip trace. Skip trace? Yeah, S-K-I-P-T-R-A-C-E. Okay. So skip trace, <coughs> skip trace works like this. They want to find you. They want to see where you are mm-hmm. to serve your judgment. They pull your credit. They see you have this address, that address, that address. That's how the marshals end up coming to your house and dropping a note off, right? So they see if you're paying any debts back. So now let's say 
you're completely shot. You score 500, you have every single debt out there. When they do that skip phase, they know you're completely broke, or you seem to be broke. Mm -hmm. You have a better chance of getting a lower number on that settlement. Because they'll take anything right. to move on and resolve it and keep it going, right? Um, if you're applying for a mortgage, you see an inquiry on there from a home mortgage company, or you're trying to buy something, you have money, everybody pops up, they want to settle, but they'll settle at a high number. And collection agencies work on commission. End of the month, you get the best number. Beginning of the month, you don't. Mm. That's a, that's a, so end of the month, okay, I don't want people to forget that. Don't let that go over your head. Explain that. End so, of the, oh, yeah. Collection agencies work on commission. It's a $15 hour job, but your job is to, you have to hit certain numbers at the end of the month. You have to hit, let's say your budget is 30000 After that, you get commission. So that's why in the beginning of the month, let's say you had a debt of 5000 they'll say, oh, we can only settle for 4500 4000 Come down to the last five days of the month, that same debt for $1,800. Hmm. But you can't get it off your credit report because the law states yeah. whether you pay or don't pay something, it stays on your credit report for seven years. Okay. That's where my company comes in. I make your seven years 90 days. Oh. So I'm able to make your credit jump right back to 750, 800, squeaky clean. Nothing ever comes back on your credit report. Dope. Nice. So, all right, <coughs> credit repair. Oh, yes. Can you talk about that? There's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> what do you want to know? You, you, we were talking off camera. You said that there's no such thing as a credit repair. Okay, company. so listen, credit repair doesn't exist. Yeah. Right, it's a scam. Right. That's why every single company, can I call the companies out or not? Yeah. You don't care? No, I mean, that's on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mom and pop company, Lexington Law, CreditPair.com, Credit Saint. I want to mention someone else's name, but I don't want to. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> they, all, they all do the same thing send dispute letters with no letterhead. So you got to think about that. If I'm paying you $99, you said, oh, I'm going to fix your credit. Why is only the instructions on letterhead, but not the letter you sent to the credit bureau on letterhead? It looks like I'm sending the letter. One, two, if you ever read those dispute letters, it's like your 10 year old kid wrote it. Right? So, for example, <coughs> let's say Verizon. You had a Verizon bill, you had Verizon home service, cable, internet, whatever it is that you have for Verizon, right? For over a year. All of a sudden, you moved out, you didn't pay the bill because you didn't return the box and the final bills, and you, you have this on your credit report. Verizon has the collection for you. They're going to write a letter. Please validate this debt. I never had this debt. Well, what did you have for the last 12 months? Because everything has a paper trail behind it, mm -hmm. right? So that's what a letter never works. Now, the letter goes to the credit bureaus. The credit bureau sends it to the Verizon. Verizon sends back your whole statement in a digital file, your checks that you made payments with. They even keep, keep phone communication that you spoke to them. You spoke to us on this, this day. And that's all testifiable. I have it in my office. When you speak to these companies, oh, my client spoke to them on this day. Hmm. Right? So anyway... Back to the whole credit reporting. The letters thing doesn't work because everything has a paper trail. One, there's no such thing as fixing credit. Every consumer has a right to dispute something on their credit if they believe it was reported erroneously or, in or inaccurately. That's your right. So from my understanding, it's like, and correct me if I'm wrong, <coughs> you, you, they write a letter or you can, everybody has a, the ability to write a letter to a company disputing something. Correct. If they don't respond to that dispute, it has to come off. Right? That's correct. Correct. So that's kind of what they do because they know most people aren't don't they don't want to do it themselves. Correct. So they, they do it for them. Correct. And the reason and the other thing is that in the industry there's something called servicing a debt and owning a debt. Let me explain that for you. I'll say it again. Servicing a debt and owning a debt. Owning a debt, there's only four companies in the industry that buys debts. Okay. Portfolio recovery, Midland funding, MCM, and Calgary portfolio. Those four companies buy debts and they give you 30 days to resolve it. If you don't resolve it, they get a default judgment against you. 
Send it to an attorney. The attorney serves you. You got to show up in court. Blah, blah, blah. I shouldn't say blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but the second thing is servicing a debt. So let's say Verizon. Come back to Verizon. RGM Acquisition is a collection agency. They don't own the debt. Verizon sent the debt to RGM for them to call you 10 times a day. They don't have the manpower to do that. So now when you send these letters, the collection agency was never supposed to be there. That's why the collection agency would come off your credit. That's all the letter does, but the debt comes back around 90 days later from to another agency. So the debt is never really leaving you. So that everything has to be resolved. So back to the word of credit repair, yeah, it doesn't exist. Anyone, everyone has a right to contest something if it's not accurate on your credit report. But nine out of ten times, all these banks and these credit they're so squeaky clean with their data now, like it's very minimal room for errors. Hmm. That's important, man. You gotta educate yourself, right? Like it, it, rather than paying ninety nine dollars, you can do it yourself. Do it yourself. You read it yourself. for about two hours a day Correct. and figure it out, man. It, it's valuable. So like you're saving your time and your money. No, it's important. All right. Okay. So now we're gonna go into our new topic, our new section. Yeah, we got a new. Show, we right? got a whole new segment that we got created. A new it's, it, we're calling it uh, Ten for Ten. So we got ten questions. Hopefully, right. you can give us t- ten answers. Mm-hmm. And um, it's courtesy of Instagram. Um, pretty much, our followers. We, we we laid it out there that we're gonna have credit as an episode, and we got a crazy response. I yeah. saw so, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, there's so much to learn about this credit industry, yeah. how it works, like how credit is built, how you get approved for a credit card. Like, there's a whole knowledge base on that. Yeah, how it works. Yeah. We're just touching like just... Yeah, so yeah. We, we took we took 10, uh-huh. and um, hopefully we can get 10 answers. We yeah, got 10 yeah. questions. We're we going we gonna, to yeah, jump right into it. So, um, yeah, let's do it. All right. So, yes, this is a new segment that we're going to do. Um, Hopefully we do it every show. Yeah, I like this. Maybe not every show, but depending on if it's an educational show like it is right now, where we're actually bringing somebody in. Every show is an educational show, but if this is a show where we're bringing an expert in, we're going to start a new segment called 10 for 10, right? Because as I always say, it's not our podcast, it's your podcast, it's the public's podcast, and the platform is to educate. So we're taking 10 questions from our listeners, and um, we're going to answer those questions, right? And it's all on Instagram, so we'll put a post up. A few days before, and we'll ask you know your your questions, and then you guys just comment in the comment section, and then we'll we'll pick ten questions, and then we'll we'll do it. So ask the expert. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> yeah. for sure. So we're gonna start out with the first question is from I underscore am underscore Asia. Shout out to her. Um, she wants to know how do you establish business credit? All right, that's a good question, and this is actually a big that's a big topic actually. So. Everyone seems to think that um, business credit, that once you register a company name and you have a website and a bank account, you have business credit. Actually, you don't have business credit. You're still PG and everything under your social. Business credit runs separately from your social. It's established on the tax ID. It has to stand alone by itself. It has to sit by itself. Mm. When you PG something, that goes on your what, personal credit. PG? What's personal that? guarantee. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. It's when you PG something, it sits on your credit, on your personal credit. One, it affects your DTI because if it's a, like an American Express charge card, you're swiping thirty thousand a month. Mm. Remember, low debt, high score. That's affecting your your score. And two, it makes your credit score drop. Right. So, business credit has to stand alone by its itself on a tax ID. How do you establish it? For there's a ten step process. One, you have to be the tax ID, the bank account. You have to be registered in your, your newspaper, your county newspaper on the two newspapers showing that you have uh, your legitimate, legitimate business. Mm-hmm. You can't have your home address as the business address. 
because you need three scores, Experian Equifax and Dun & Bradstreet. Experian and Equifax does not recognize your home address as your business address and your cell phone as a business number. That's why I tell people, get a virtual space, 199 like Regis. Or what about P.O. Box? No. Can't have a P.O. Box. Can't have a P.O. Box. So, all right. I didn't know that. So, you have... Okay. So... Because you need a receptionist and a phone number where they can call and verify you and send mails to. Okay. So, you can't get business credit without an address? You need a physical address. Separate from your home address. Outside your home address. You need an office address. That's correct. That's why I say get a Regis space. 199 is the cheapest thing, right? Because it needs to be verifiable by Experian and Equifax. Because it's three scores. London Bradstreet, Expert Equifax. You need three scores. And all three bureaus is how you build business credit. So why, why is TransUnion left out of that? They just don't use it. Okay. It's not heavy enough. All right. You know? All right. So, okay. So let's stay on that for a little bit. So you, all right. You start a business. You got your LLC. You got, your, LLC. The, you got your, uh, your tax, tax ID, ID number. Your bank account. You opened your bank account. Registered in the courthouse. Yeah. Newspaper. Did all that. Newspaper. You did all that stuff. Now you, um, the first, so now you have to get an address. Correct. An address so now, we, so now we're trying to build credit for the business, right? So you, <coughs> you get a, could you get a Google number? Yeah, you right? can get, get a Google, Google number. number. Yeah, Whatever. Get a number separate from your cell phone That's and correct. get an address separate from your cell phone. Now, can the address be another, like say, can I, can I use my sister's address? My brother's yeah, address? Can, yeah, you can Just use, separate you from can, the one yeah, you, you live use, at. Exactly. Okay. Right. It right. can't be the one you live at. So now that, so now, now how do you establish? Now you, now you have that, you need trade lines. So there's companies. Yeah, like, talk about that. I want to talk there's about companies that. like Quills. Um, there's like ten other companies out there. I can't think of it right off the top of my head. But here's how it works. I have a whole list in my office. You reach out to them, and they they give you ten. Uh, they give you trade lines. Trade lines are like loans. They'll give you like a thousand dollar credit limit. You have to use fifty dollars for the next six months of pay on time. Fifty or more. You have to, it's built just like you're building personal credit, but it's to their vendors. Once, so you need three of them, three vendors, if you want to get cards from like Best Buy, um, Office Depot, Office Max, those guys. If you want credit cards from the bank, you need six vendors. Six vendors or six trade lines, right? Um, and you build from, with that for six months. From there, you apply for your own credit cards. Now, if you want loans out of the bank, you have to have a P&L, a profit and loss, mm-hmm. and you have to have a tax return. In order for the bank to extend loan onto the business, because they have to see money coming into the company and money going back out, a PL to see that you know you can pay the loans back. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Next question. All right. So we got our next question from Baba Lewis I I I, and he asks, uh, "Can you establish credit for your children?" Absolutely. At seventeen or eighteen years old, yeah, you could. How you do it is that you add them as an authorized user on one of your credit cards, but. With that, coming back to your story, yeah. it has to be a clean credit. You can't have high balances. You can't have derogatories because whatever you do will affect that person. Yeah, I got lucky. I'm going to be honest. This is like a true story. And um, I think we, I first noticed it when um, Michelle pulled my credit. And um, I was 26, and he was like, wait, you have 23 years of credit history. Yeah. And I'm like, um, I don't know. And then I realized that my parents their had cards. put me on their right. card um, that they've had since 1985 or something like yeah. that. And I was like, good history. oh, wow. And they've been responsible. So, like, yeah, that's it doesn't dope. affect you. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't affect It affected me in a positive way. Positive, right? right. Not yeah. a negative way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can do it, but it has to be clean history. Okay. Right? At, at age 17, moving on. Okay, perfect. Okay, so this is from Nellie Gibbs. Um, she wants to know what the best way to repay student loans and what's the best way to handle student loan debt. Oh, so we were talking about this earlier. So depending on the loan, if it's deferred or it's in collection, I mean, we kind of got to find out that. But anyway, the point is, if you have a bunch of student loans, 
Everything is based off of an income. The payment plan is based off an income base, right? So when you call a student loans, you want to, I suggest everyone create a payment plan. Like don't keep deferring. It's, it's not a good thing to do because it affects you from doing big, big, bigger purchases in the future. But um, what you do is you go to a student loan company, tell them you want to go into income-based repayment plan, and they send you a form you fill out. The trick to that is that make sure when you fill out the forms, you put that you have a lot of expenses. So the monthly payment is a low payment. And they keep you, they lock you into that for a couple of years. Mm. And then you recertify again. But you want to put like, you know, you have, you know, rent, car, daycare, whatever it yeah. is to show that you have a lot of expenses. If not, they're going to hit you with a high monthly payment of $700 or more. Yeah, we've seen, I've seen that. Yeah. Like I've seen so you that. Wanna, that's how you trick it. Yeah. So our, our next question is from... Uh, oh, and also, next thing. Yeah. If you have student loans from like two different, like uh, Sally Mae and all that, you can actually have all of those loans refinance into one loan you sh- and i suggest everyone do that so it's easy for you to track the payments and i'm making yeah. monthly payments to five different companies yeah that, that is 100 percent true man like i was again for, like i have student loans like right the first thing we what i did was like consolidate them all so yeah. like navian is now my so carrier one loan. correct yeah. shout out to them <laughs> um, yeah uh so the, our next question is from at flow underscore bella underscore and her question is, what are some ways I can fix my credit herself? Like, what can she do? So, first off, you got to pull the report. And pull a real-time report. At, you know, credit card is not accurate. It's not detailed. Um, if you have a mortgage lender, um, those are the best reports because they try and merge. And they give you your whole history for when you were 17 or when you got credit to current. Mm. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Once you pull that report, you're able to see all the derogatories and the issues that are holding down your credit. Um, if it's stuff that you know that was paid off already... Uh, you can dispute it with the bureaus that have like third-party collections that have that taken off. Mm-hmm. But you got to see the negatives on there and what debts they are so you can put a plan to address them. If there's some debts, you can do settlements that you have to do settlements. So you can call the creditors mm-hmm. directly and negotiate with them to make a payment plan. You could even do one account a month until you get to your you know mm-hmm. your end result. And I'm thinking this is 100% accurate. Like It'll show you that you missed a car payment in yeah. 2014. It's very detailed. <laughs> yeah. Very detailed. All right. So this is a big one. This is a big one. This is from who cares underscore no one. <laughs> um, I like that. <coughs> Me too. So can child support be removed from your credit? And can we talk about the effects of child support on your credit? So child support, it, it reports as a collection debt, right? Um, yes, it can be removed. Actually, we're the only one who could remove them. A letter cannot remove them. The problem is if we remove them, you cannot miss a payment again because if you miss a payment... It'll come back on. Same thing for late payments on credit card. I want to talk about that, actually. We can remove all your late payments, but you cannot miss any late payments moving forward. If not, it will come back on your credit report. Because a bank reports in a batch file. Hmm. Right? So, child support can report. Uh, and it is a collection also. So, if you're trying to buy something and, um, you know, your DTI is off and your numbers are off, it can affect the monthly payment that you're paying in child support. can affect your approval of how much you can get approved for, hmm. if that makes sense. All right, so our next one is from at Dunn in 321, and he asked, uh, when do agencies report debt balances? Is there a specific time during a month that they do it? or When, is, what, when he says agencies, what do you talk so about? So I'm assuming that he means, like, when do, does, like, uh, TransUnion or Exper- Experian or Equifax, is there a specific time well, the, during the, the month? Well, the bureaus update on the 1st to the 5th of every month, but okay. the data comes from the bank. Okay. Or the collection agency or the credit does not come from the, from the bureau. Okay. They don't want to just house the data, yeah. and on the first to the fifth of every month, they update 
new reports. Okay. So your bank reports different days. Some days they report, you know, the 10th, the 15th, whatever your billing cycle is. But that's something you could find out. Like yes. That, like, like and earlier. also, <clears throat> to make it easy for you, if you want to make sure you're never late on your payment, you can call all your credit card companies and ask them to make your due date the same day every month. Mm. So you, if you have five cards, you can make them, all of them, the 15th of every month. Right. So, you know, you know, you know, if you're a person that keeps forgetting to make payments, you know, on the 15th, every bill is due. If you can afford to do it. Right. Okay. Rage Against Ordinary um, has a question. She wants to know, after Chapter 7, bankruptcy, um, how long does that stay on your report? Bankruptcy stays for seven years. And here's the crazy thing about bankruptcy now. One, the creditors can contest the bankruptcy. Really? They don't have to. Like, let's say you have bank. Bank market is notorious for this. They can contest it. They don't have to accept the bankruptcy. Mm. They can say, no, I don't, you know. It's, we don't want to. Well, I don't know that. They can contest the bankruptcy. Two, the new bankruptcy laws, uh, depending on what chapter you're filing, you have to pay a percentage of your debt back in court. Right? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to pay a percentage. Of the, and that's determined by the, 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 the judge, the magistrate, or whoever is doing your bankruptcy, what your percentage is. So if you're filing bankruptcy, you got to really think about it. If you don't have like fifty dollars to $100,000 worth of debt, it's yeah. not really filing bankruptcy. It's not really worth it. In my eyes, to file yeah. bankruptcy for seven years. That was going to be like my next kind of question. Off of that is like, when would it be, I guess, appropriate to file for bankruptcy? Right? There's a certain amount of debt that you should. Have. I mean, there's a couple um, qualifying scenarios. I mean, if you're not working, you know, that you can't do anything about it. You can't pay anything, you know. Um, but if you are working, you have some savings. Because when you file bankruptcy, they go to all. You have to disclose all your assets, mm. right? So you know, if you have money in the bank, they're like, well, why can't you pay this? Knowing that the bank can contest it, not all banks have to. And that happened to me, actually, because I did it many years ago, and they contested it. Then you can't, even put, you can't open an account for three years, a bank account, but you can't show that you have any kind of money. Any bank account? Any bank account. Oh, wow. Because they can go back and, oh, well, you have money. Mm. You know? it, it becomes very messy. But again, with the bankruptcy, and it's not as easy as like, the way it was in 2010. You file it and you walk away. You got to pay a percentage back. So you know, I think everyone should really consider, depending on the scenario, Consider filing bankruptcy. It's not the best route. It is a route, but it's not the best route, depending on your situation. But it stays there for seven years. And then you can, the other thing about that, <coughs> you burn, let's say in the industry, there's prime and subprime banks. Mm-hmm. So let's say you file bankruptcy for Discover, American Express, Barclay, Chase. Once you file bankruptcy, you can't go back to do business with those guys again. They're not going to extend any credit. So now you're kind of stuck in a subprime rate, subprime bank. Kind of the rest of your life where you're paying high interest rates because major banks are not going to extend any kind of credit card to you. Mm. Mm. That's what I My graduates from my school being Forbes, bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.